0: Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Tracy Anderson, the founder and CEO of her namesake fitness method, Tracy Anderson Method. Hi, Tracy, how are you? I'm so good, how are you? You know, Tracy, we're so excited to have you because obviously, you know, at Glossy, we cover beauty and wellness deeply, but you're our first fitness and wellness purebred founder on the show. So you have a lot to talk about with you.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm so so honored, and I think uh, fitness has a lot to do with beauty. So I love it.
0: Thank you for having me especially this year. You know, Tracy, I feel like, you know, when you think about what the way that boutique fitness started and kind of these like more curated, edited, really targeted um, methods, you were you were at the forefront of all of this. I would love to hear a little bit about how you thought
1: that might work, you know, when you first started for your, your company. Mm-hmm. Thank you for acknowledging that. That really means a lot to me because uh, I've been doing this since for 20 years. So, um, I was actually just in a meeting last night and, uh, in the meeting, they were talking about when Tesla just started when Elon Musk just started in 2002. And they were like, and you started at the same time, like you and Tesla have, have like, you know, have led industries in a certain way. It was kind of a, a, a mind boggling, um, moment to like, think that I've been doing this for that long, but I have. And, I think that the important uh, thing to distinguish here is that I didn't start out wanting to create a fitness method. I didn't want to be known. I didn't want to start a business. I wanted to solve what I thought was a big, huge um, deficit or deficiency in the fitness world where there wasn't anything in fitness that could make someone completely balanced. So there's all of these different opportunities for us to develop our muscles in ways that can, you know, either we can be a certain athlete and develop our muscles to, to support that, that athleticism, or we can weight lift and we can build our muscles, or, you know, we can dance. And even in dance, you can see in dancers, they, we overdevelop in certain ways. And there was nothing that would take uh someone's body and really just put it into its most balanced proportion. And um I knew that very well because I w- went to college to be a professional dancer on a dance scholarship and I gained 40 pounds at school dancing and there was nothing that anyone could do to put me into a a proportion that was also where my weight was also where where it needed to be for dance. So, um, I felt like it was just, it was wrong. It was at a moment in time where the world was nowhere near as inclusive as it's becoming, thank goodness. And, uh, so I felt, I felt very bad about myself and that I couldn't express my talent because I didn't look a certain way. And so I was on a mission and, um, and I, I met a doctor Uh, in my pregnancy with my son, who's now 22, um, his father played professional basketball. He played for the New York Knicks. And and, uh, so I met this doctor when he was rehabbing his back that had done an extensive amount of research on the inner spine of the back of athletes and how they don't train for longevity. They train for the moment and there needed to be a different way. And so I piggybacked on his work and I did a five-year study on 150 women, and no one has ever done that. So my mission was to see, can I take these 150 women and turn them into their most balanced proportioned self? And it was during that study that I realized that I was onto something that could really benefit a lot of people. So that was where the method was born, and I never – I have a real – I have a a real disappointment in the industry where so many young professionals—you I mean that you think that they want to be, you know, professionals in, in the fitness industry or the wellness industry—that they will just move and say that they have an actual method. And I think that to me, it's it's disappointing that the industry um, that that consumers are so confused that they will trust their body without really researching what these people know or don't know. Like you can go on Instagram now and if a girl looks halfway cute or a guy looks halfway fit and they're moving around, you just want to kind of look like that. And so you'll do whatever they say without even understanding anything about that person. And and I think that that's where the industry is um, robbing people of their own Individual beauty because people want to look like someone else instead of really leaning into an expert that can help them look and feel their best.
0: You know, I mean, I think that's really interesting that you're saying this because now everybody wants to be a wellness enthusiast or a fitness instructor. And before we kind of get there, you know, I feel like in the last like five, three years, especially, everybody, everything, every muscle, every body part could be a boutique fitness idea. And we saw that. And I'm just wondering, like considering that you were one of the first, like what was your impression of, you know, the saturation and the $35 class, like everybody was charging and, and all of that that was happening pre-COVID?
1: Well, the interesting thing for me is that most of my competition came from trainers that were employed by me that didn't have what it took to really serve people's health to begin with that's the funny thing about it because so many celebrated influential people uh, were attracted to my method there were a lot of people that I employed that looked at that like with stars in their eyes like they wanted to be famous dancers or they wanted to be famous actresses and when a famous person came in they were like oh, let's do what Gwyneth and Tracy did and and then they would just, spin off and try and start these 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 fitness methods through through my work really and so so much of the industry now is imitating the very original work that I created and without any understanding of what it does to anyone's body so it is a very strange place to sit and watch your original choreography you can imagine if like you know you know, whatever, like Bob Dylan just heard all of his lyrics and like tons of songs or all of his, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a weird thing to see so many methods popping up with three pound weights, with the ankle weights, with on uh, doing the, the sequences that I, you know, the moves not in the right sequences, but the moves that I, I originated and people used to make fun of me when I had my little, you know, three pound weights and every day and all these things. And so for me, I think that, um, and of course they can charge less because they're just, you know, a lot of them are just taking my content and it, it's not really in my nature to go out and be, um, high conflict or to, you know, I really believe that, you know, things, you know, everything happens, you know, for a reason. And this is just an opportunity that I says that like I, the consumer needs to get smarter about you know, what, what they're actually participating in and why they're participating in it. So we have a long way to go, I think, there for people to understand how powerful their bodies are and what how much is really in their um, best interest to take more control over their bodies and not really look at fitness as a place to socialize or a place to just create a community or a place to go, I want to look like that instructor, or I saw that celebrity doing that. So I want to do it, but really look at it. Like you would look at trusting your OBGYN or trusting somebody who was going to perform heart surgery on you that you really need to make sure that like a therapist, right? That the the practice is something that is going to be able to serve you long-term.
0: Tracy, how do you balance that when you think about, you know, so many of these methods like SoulCycle or berries, they open so many uh, locations and, you know, now that we're in this COVID land uh, forever, it seems like, you know, there is this opportunity for the consumer to be more choosy because they're not going to the gym in the same way that they used to. And you kind of never subscribe to that uh, philosophy of opening more, 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 more.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that brands like SoulCycle and Barry's Bootcamp have a very specific uh, business mission and they are more experiential for the consumer rather than being a true method. Um, you know, SoulCycle is an experience on a bike that has, you know, some soul behind it and all that. Like it's a, it's an experience, it's a fitness, I look at both of those brands, like fitness experiences, not like that they're fitness experts, they don't have fitness experts behind them. And it's just, to me, you know, a place that you can go to get a, a workout, um, and they have branded them beautifully, you know, and, I, and they've got big rollout plans. And what I do is much more customized and, and there's so much care that goes into uh, the craftsmanship behind my method that I've had the opportunities to open that many, if not more globally, studios. And the reason why I have not done that yet is because I care so much about my relationship with every single person that actually trusts me with their body. And when you open that many studios that fast, you know, the body is much more complex than a cup of coffee, right? So Starbucks can really train people and give them the tools to, you know, make that cup of coffee that great that many times, but individuals are much more complicated. And so, until I can truly serve every individual to the highest level of of the experience, I'm not interested in that. Because I can have a personal relationship with my audience through the interweb every single day, every single week. And COVID is not going to be here forever. It is absolutely traumatizing to watch how many lives it's affecting. And we have a duty to do the right thing right now for our health and for others, but it's not going to be here forever. And the recovery is going to be really, you know, huge for everyone. But um I do think that one of the things that it is highlighting is how fenceless fitness really is. We don't need a studio to go to. We don't need a germy gym. And one of the things it's highlighting is that gyms are the germy, one of the germiest places to go anyway. So, you know, I think, and also it's like just cutting out that time to pack your bag, go to the gym, you know, shower there to be able to do it at home and be effective or to have the goals to create a space at home and a routine at home even if you do go back to the gym knowing that you also can do it on home that at home the days that you can't get to the gym is really empowering to people
0: Tracy, you said something a second ago about community, like an experiential and like how everybody, it's kind of like a lot of these places became like clubs or, you know, like bars, you know, in a way. And I'm just wondering, you know, now that everything is so digitally focused, especially for you all, you know, and you've really ramped up your digital offerings, like what is that like for the for you and also as a leader, for your staff and, and for the customer?
1: Well, it means that I show up to interviews like this, like (laughs) sweaty in like a few minutes. I am filming a lot, but my team, we're um, we're having a lot of fun innovating right now and really taking, because the method and the content is so strong and because we have something that other brands don't have. We have the largest bank of fitness content ever created. So Joseph Pilates, who I have an enormous amount of respect for, I think he would have just kept creating and creating, you know, had he had the luxury of time, but, you know, he's, he stopped at 350 moves and I've got thousands upon thousands of sequences. And the conversation that we have at Tracy Anderson with, um, our, our, our family, our family members, um, uh, that are, that are doing the method is a conversation that is new every single week. and. It is it is complicated to educate the consumer on the method and w- what it's like and why I don't talk to them and you know what wh- why do I ask them to show up you know five to seven days a week and how do they identify which level they're supposed to be in and I, I create levels for everyone beginner intermediate advanced every single week and and I think that that the cool thing for us is that we are really investing in um technology to to make us that much closer to the consumer but also to make the experience more about the consumer how do you think that that connectivity
0: has played out because i mean granted you are may not have like the in person experience right right now but you're connecting with all sorts of people all over the world and and maybe in some ways that's scaled the business even faster than you know
1: 50 locations. Yeah, I mean I care about knowing every customer. And and it's very easy for people to be like, "Ooh, this will take my body measurements or this will do this for me or" or and and there are a lot of people that are playing with really generic software saying like, "Oh, I just fill out this quiz and I get a customized, you know, workout or this or that." And it's it's very um information thin. It's more about the customer being played and instead of being known and people really need to look out watch out for that kind of stuff you know your fitness program is not for your entertainment it's for your well-being so you've got to be there's a lot of stuff out there that is entertaining right there's all these different methods that can kind of make you feel like you're being entertained or you're part of an entertaining community or you're part of an, you know, interactive, you know, kind of game. But if it's not really getting to know you as an individual, not just a person in the class, there's a, there's a disconnect there. And what we're, what we really care about doing is getting to know each person. So each week you should feel like you're exploring your own embodiment more and you're improving your own embodiment more and you're also seeing you know fitness results the design the designer that I'm I am for people's bodies that's a given that's going to happen but getting the consumer to feel like that they are more than just a consumer that they are really a part of something that is making them closer to themselves and healthier and more letting their light shine more is something that i don't think you can fake with technology. I think you either can can resonate through that because you are that you know authentic or i think you just you can't. But really it's about the person at home that's doing it. I think learning, you know, how they how the experience really makes them feel, you know, because it can feel quite lonely at home to take an exercise class that you don't can't really connect to, you know? And and this community that we have created that is global digitally, they don't feel lonely. And that's something that's really special about the method and I think it's because to show up for it every week, you you can't be someone that shows up halfway, you know? You got to really show up. So it kind of is a testament to so many people's character and like what they stand for and and just how strong they are to be able to show up. It's hard to show up, you know? Absolutely. And especially when there's
0: so many other things going on. So mm-hmm. I've noticed that also that you're much more willing, you know, to say those kind of things whether it's on your stories or, you know, on social media, like a recognition that, you know, this isn't the only thing that people are doing right now. And so I'm just wondering how um you know, if that's maybe made your method and your your brand maybe more accessible to people and that if your customers and clients have become wider in demographic or psychographic um, profiles.
1: Wow, these are smart questions. You're a smart woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am terrible at Instagram. I feel like I don't, that's one place where I feel sort of like, I just have to sort of have, fun with it and just kind of let it be one of those impulsive things that I might do here or there in life, because I'm such a strategic thinker and I'm such a strategic person. Like I grew up playing competitive chess. I was one of the first girls ever to be nationally ranked in chess. Are you watching Queen's Gambit? I I did watch the Queen's Gambit because everyone was talking to me like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I did watch it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, that actress was incredible incredible it, yeah. yeah anyway and, sorry incredible <laughs> no no and now I'm just so happy the Mandalorian is back um, it's my fa- that is my favorite um so'm uh, I'm, I'm such a strategic person that uh, to me Instagram's just fun I mean th- I I will I will definitely... I definitely communicate with my audience that way. I think it's another connection point, which is cool. But I don't think that I just think people go there to check out. So to have a really meaningful conversation with anyone there, I think, is just a waste of time because I think it's just a place for people to connect, have fun. Like it's like it's like do you want to go hang out with someone when they're always talking to you? about something super serious or really deep or they're always pitching to you what they can do for you or they're always selling or they're always you don't want to. And I to me I think Instagram is like a just an ongoing conversation that you can it's like an ongoing party that you can like show up and like, you know, participate in or not. I don't know. I don't I don't take Instagram super serious.
0: Well I think it's just so funny that you say that, not because I don't believe that, but just also because there are so many social media influencers right now so or tick TikTok- TikTok influencers that are trying to be fitness enthusiasts or trying to be fitness founders and they are trying to use that platform as a means to start their business. And it seems yeah. like you're you're actually the opposite
1: of that in terms of thinking of it as a tool. Is that well, right? I just think yeah, I don't think it's a tool. It's not a place to teach. Um I think that there's a lot of people that do cute little dances and things like that. That's fun, you know. It's fun for people to do little, you know, whatever TikTok dances make, um, you know, smoothies, like show healthy recipes. I think that's all fun. But to me, that's like showing up for a party and being like, oh, my gosh, look at this. It's like showing up with like a bunch of like friends and being like, I just learned this like little tip or that. It's not a it's not a place for like an academic conversation. You know, it's not a place where you can really you don't have enough time for a curriculum. You can't you know, you can't get deep with someone on Instagram. You know, at least I don't. I don't think it's the place to do it because, um, I I, do, I, I just I I do think it is a necessary touch point for businesses because I think that it is a powerful, powerful. Uh, it houses so many eyeballs um, that you know it is definitely a place to raise awareness, but it's it's not the place. Well. But I, I do think that 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 what it does kind of do is that it, it allows everyone to have the opportunity and the authorship to be whatever they want to be. So, of course, you're going to have people who are serious on it and then you're going to have a lot of charlatans on it that are just trying to, you know, make a pretty penny off of, you know, how they look or how they can, you know, what they can get from you or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think you have to be really careful. It's like, you know, it's anyone can be. There's no vetting Instagram, you know.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, speaking of digital, Tracy, I mean, do you think that, what do you think the future looks like? Because I mean, like you said, COVID is not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it is going to be more of a hybrid, like what you do in the studio versus what you do at home, what you think the the client wants? What are you predicting in that arena?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the things Steve Jobs was so brilliant at was knowing what the customer needed before they knew what they needed, you know? And to me with technology, you know, I still don't even have an app, right? I still don't even have an app. And I I waited, I had so many people that wanted to have our brand stream, right? They wanted to bring me streaming when I was still making DVDs. And I waited and waited and I was like, why do I want to film content and have it banked and just roll it out streaming? That seems like such a a poor use of the technology. So I was the first person to say, why not use it to be live? Because I, I have been doing this long enough to where I'm not nervous to go live, right? I'm not nervous to put the pressure on me that every week, no matter what's going on in my life, I have to show up for everybody, right? Because I'm not an actress where I can you know, go away, become a character and come out and then go away, get red carpet ready and go to the Golden Globes or something. Right. I'm a I'm a wellness professional. If I can't keep my body well all year long and balanced and show that transparency, then I need to do better at my job. Right. So I I love the transparency and the connection and the real life. Um, You know, it also really shows how much, um, no matter what I'm going through in my life, how exercise is a way to really um, improve your resiliency. You know, that no matter what life hits you with, if you process it and you move through it and you include your physical self in that kind of way, that it's incredibly powerful to who you are. And so for me, that, that was what the, use, the good use of the technology. So I think in that way, like what is next that people at home with their wellness, with their bodies, with what, you know, how I'm capable of coming into their homes, what do they need from me that they don't even know that they need yet? That's the way that I'm thinking about the future. And I'm going to take some time to actually perfect these things. I don't like to come, I'll come out with fun, engaging things to do like a, Uh, collaboration, you know, here or there, I just came out with these cool body bombs with this amazing doctor. You know, we'll have conversations with people, but if I'm going to wait and make, like drop a album of work, you know, I I have to work on it for a while. And metamorphosis was one of the, the last big things that I dropped, but I had a study behind that. And that was, you know, the first time anyone in fitness DVDs ever did a customized, you know, program that changed every week for four different body types. Last four, it lasts four years. You know, so
0: <laughs> Tracy, so when you think about partnerships or, you know, some of you would know whether it's um, you know, your body bombs or, you know, your supplements that you're doing and all of that, like mm-hmm. what makes you excited to do those things? Because you are choosy, you have the opportunity yeah. to be choosy. And I'm sure people are coming to you all the time to either pitch or, you know, say they could offer you the next big mm-hmm. thing. But I think it's interesting that you said the thing about the app because I don't know about you, but I definitely have app fatigue. I don't want another app on my phone at all. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think that's very smart that you didn't do that or that you're not, you know, you're being more choosy in that way. But I'm just wondering about how you think about partnership and collaboration.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I look at it as a an opportunity to, like, um, join forces with other people that are doing great things that you admire or that you feel are great. And I'm very careful. You mentioned supplements. I'm very careful with things like that. I do have a partnership with a brand called MitoQ right now because I do believe in what they're doing. Right. And I do believe that that's something that, that, that people can take without, um, you know, a cause for concern, but, you know, like, you know, I take like some, you know, Tika vitamins, right. But I don't push those on people, you know, uh, I don't, um, I don't, I don't, I think you have to be careful about things like, um, like sharing too much about what works for you because like, I change it all the time. Right. So I might, I might take these for a while because I like the way their liquid vitamin C tastes and their liquid D3 is easy, right. Because of COVID, but I might not be taking them forever. You know, the MitoQ was something that I felt like is, um, is, 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 again, like, okay. You know, for everyone or, um, I, I, Dr. Doug, like I, I admire his work so much. He's super smart. Um, he's a neurologist and knows so much about everything. And I, and I feel like, I felt like that the tiger bombs and everything all had chemicals in them and they weren't, you know, really organic and they weren't super effective. And, Uh, and so, and people are always asking me about my skin and skincare and all that. And so, but, but I'm very, very science-based. So if I can't do something that I really believe in, I'm not going to do it. But I do think that the partnerships are an opportunity to join forces with people and just, you know, I I think, I think they can be really powerful. I mean, look at Beyonce and Ivy park, right? It's like, Adidas and, and Beyoncé is like amazing. And Carly Kloss just dropped a um, a line with Adidas that's sustainable that she worked super hard on too. So I think that things like that are they're so powerful for a brand like Adidas, you know? What about, you know, when it
0: comes to, you know, partners in, in the sense that like, I'm sure tons of people want to buy your business. Tons of people want to invest. And you've steered clear from that. I'm just I'm wondering yeah. about the power of saying no and saying I can do this better. I can do this on my own.
1: Wow. That's a fantastic question. Yes, I have had a lot of that. Um, Gwyneth, Paltrow and I became partners in such an authentic way. Like there was no business sense behind our partnership. There were no big business goals. It was like the truly like the birth of like a couple of women that, that love had a, an appreciation for each other and, and what they, 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 they love to share with other people. You know, she really, that I think, you know, I was something that she really wanted to share with people. And, um, I think that, and then that ended up starting, you know, that, that spirit, I think is what started her whole, you know, enormous business with, with Goop, you know, is that spirit of sharing the things that she, you know, loves. But I, so, so with that said, like, um, that was authentic. That was just, that was, that was a, a friendship kind of thing, you know? And, and one of the things that I've had to learn in business is that I have had and I have opened my doors to a lot of people um, in business that have, you know, really serious educations in business or, you know, all of that. And, and one of the things that you have to remember at the end of the day, if you are anyone that and, and specifically, I mean, anyone at any age can start a business that they are passionate about. And if you start anything that you are passionate about, that you believe in, that is part of your heart and soul, um, don't ever think that someone knows how to drive your car better than you do. Never, like don't ever um, give away your, your, your power. But I think that when people are after making money, They're really, really quick to take money, to partner with people, to to open tons of places to do when it's when you're after like when you want to be in the game of business, you know, I think you're willing to take those kinds of risks. But I'm that's not the game that I'm in. I'm in the game of helping people, of serving people, of helping people improve their lives, their health money i mean it's like it's tough that that game of business doesn't to me i'm very protective of it and um, and so the, the i do have partners but my partners are 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 users and believers of my work and so it's protected right gwyneth knows that she's not she's not going to like like i'm not I, 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 she knows i'm never going to sell out in any kind of way right so she's she's with me out of support. And and the other partners that I have are with me out of support. They let me drive.
0: Is that harder though now as a CEO and founder when, you know, there's such a, you know, fascination with deal making
1: from the outside public? Well, I'm the CEO now because other CEOs did not share my vision and they felt really uncomfortable to me. Like I was in toxic relationships and that's not a good feeling. So for me, that that's where at the end of the day, when you want to own a bin- business or fo- found if you found something, uh, if you're if you're a founder like this, you you it's it's like parenting in, in a sense, like. You know, you might wish that the nanny can teach your kid all the lessons or parent them. Do all So at the end of the day, like that's not parenting at all. That's giving away all of your power. That's not going to inject your your child with all of your magic and all you have to offer. It's just it's just bowing out. And so for me, like I care about every one of my business and we're improving things that there have been chapters of, of of owning this business that I'm definitely not proud of right so so this is this is me being in the CEO position is is the moment for me to say okay you know there there's no more you, you 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 can't let you can't let somebody else change all the diapers it doesn't work like that like you can't just do the part that you like you know i can't just create the content which is the part that i love right i have to create the content and be and be a part of everything that's going on.
0: I think that's incredible advice and I think that's totally accurate. Last question for you Tracy, yeah. even though I feel like I could be here with you for much much more time. <laughs> you know, what's your take on, you know, you have your hands in in beauty and in, and in, in lifestyle and in, in wellness and obviously fitness. But what is your impression of this like lifestyle business thing that everyone is kind of shilling that you can be everything to everyone and that you can have your pockets and you know, food and and fashion and all of those things. Like, can you? Can, what's your impression of that? And do you want that?
1: Uh, that's such a great um, question. There's part of me that that you know. I'm, I I love Jennifer Lopez. Um, for years, we've been you know uh, such advocates of each other, and she's done the method, and and I just I, I love her work. I love her message of being limitless and she can do all of these things and do them so well but I think that the thing that's so key about the way that she does this is everything that she does is a genuine part of herself like it's a genuine part of who she is so it works for me it works for me watching her like you know, bloom into so many different, you know, things and do so many different things. And she's always, you know, been such a great, you know, entertainer, too, on so many levels. She gives everything her all and everything her attention. And you never feel like with her that she's just passing something off or putting her, smacking her name on something like she's showing up for it all. So it works. And I think that that's rare. I think that there are so many people that are putting their name on things that they have no business putting their name on at all. In fact, I think it's highly irresponsible. Watching actresses that you know want to be in the next great movie, you know, you wish they were cutting albums, you know, they wish they were doing so many other things, become fitness experts is insulting. It's like me all of a sudden being like, Oh, you're having a heart attack. I'm going to do your heart surgery for you. I I feel like I know enough about the body to perform your heart surgery. It's absolutely absurd to me. It's a, to me, you know, it, it it's offensive and it makes me go. Well, I'm going to go audition for the next, you know, the next movie because I feel like I'm going to be an actress too. So there's a part of me that's like, you know, yes, be, you know, go go for the stars, you know, be whatever you want to be, but. When you, when you decide to open the doors into somebody's health and well-being, to me, you need to take a minute.
0: Thank you so much, Tracy. That's a great way to end it. Um, it was so lovely having you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. See you next week.